The Ducks make a plethora of signings over the weekend and last week. And I'll talk a little bit about Dallas Eakins, the person. All of that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Today, we're going to talk about the minor league well, goals slash ducks signings that happened last week and over the weekend. And I'll talk about Dallas Eakins a bit today. So let's start off talking about the six contracts that the Ducks signed and the one that hasn't been signed yet, one that will probably go through arbitration. So let's first start off with the goals signings, as it were. And this starts off with Glenn Godin. Glenn Godin, goals fans should be very familiar with him because... Let's be honest. Okay, Ducks fans might not know this as much. Gulls fans definitely know this, so I'm just going to keep it real for you guys. He was a pest. He was a freaking pest. Glenn Godin spent the last three, four seasons, rather, with the Stockton Heat. Well, the now-defunct Stockton Heat, who are moving to Calgary, so yeah, there's that. Glenn Godin is described as a player that you hate him if he's on someone else's team. You love him if he's on your team because he will get into your face. He will just try to instigate. I don't want to use the word instigate here, but he will try to start stuff at almost all times. But on the other hand, he will defend his teammates to the core. And from what I've heard, he's a pretty good guy and to have in the locker room. And Glenn Godin is still a young guy. He's still 25 years old. Likely going to end up with the San Diego goals. In this, it's a minor league signing, is what this is. It's a two-year deal, and it's a one-way contract, which is interesting because if he was to go back down to San Diego, if he gets called up to Anaheim, he'd have to go through waivers. And so far in his career, he's only scored one point in nine games. So I don't think that'll be much of an issue, but he is great in the minor leagues. I mean, last season... 50 points in 62 games. So he is a points producer. And if you're San Diego, you do need some depth on that side, especially the right side. The Ducks need depth. The Gulls definitely need depth on that right side and center. And Glenn Godin seems to be a perfect fit. And we'll see how he deals with the new coaching staff. We still don't know who the assistants are, by the way, in San Diego. We just know Roy Summers, the coach, as of right now, and that's it. So Glenn Godin... For two seasons. Minor league deal. That one's good. Austin Strand. Another name that Gulls fans should be familiar with. A name that Ducks fans should be familiar with. Because he was just down the block. Yep. Austin Strand. Former Ontario Reign slash Los Angeles Kings player. Who also has no goals to his credit in the National Hockey League. But Strand, I liked Austin a lot. I thought Austin, I'll give my exact 
complete thoughts on this. Good on the transition. Stay at home defender. We'll also get into a little bit of rough stuff. And the offense could use some work. But as far as defense goes, he is one of the better defensemen on that team. And surprisingly good on that second power play unit for the Ontario Reign when Ontario lost Jordan Spence to the Los Angeles Kings. Well, first they lost Sean Dursey to the Kings. And then it became Jordan Spence and Austin Strand on that power play. Usually Strand would be PP2. Then when Jordan Spence got called up because there was a lot of guys that were out for the LA Kings. If you remember, the Kings had about 9 to 10 guys out at one time. And Ontario lost almost half their roster. So Austin Strand had to show up to the Los Angeles Kings this past year. He had two assists in eight games. That's how bad it got for the Kings, is Austin Strand had to go up to Los Angeles. Not not to slight him or anything, but he's essentially the seventh or eighth defender. That's what he is. A top-line defenseman on the American Hockey League. And for a while, for a good month and a half, he was that top guy on the power play. And did well in that role. Remember, Ontario had the best power play in the American Hockey League. And Austin Strand was part of it. Although I think it's more a residue of how good that system is in Ontario. But you talk about the defenders that they had there. Sean Dersey, like I mentioned. Jordan Spence. Austin Strand. Gulls fans are going to like Strand. I mean, yeah, they kind of hated him the past couple seasons. But they're going to love him in San Diego. And I think it's a good fit for that roster, especially since they still have Trevor Carrick on that team. So that could be an interesting combination of players to have. Uh, One more player before we head to the break, and I want to talk about him a little bit more. Colton White. Colton White also signed a contract, but this is a two-way deal. Although I think Colton White actually has a decent chance to make the team. And I'll tell you why. Because left defense is going to be a little bit thin for the Ducks. And Colton White could be exactly the type of player that they're looking for. They need someone to push puck play. They need someone that will get out in breaks and get out in transition. He also spent a lot of time in the National Hockey League last season and seems to finally break out with the New Jersey Devils last season. In 27 games, he only had four points. But it was a lot of the little things that he was doing in New Jersey where he was going after loose pucks, where he was creating turnovers, where he was just getting to the point of becoming a steady third-line defenseman. I mean, yes, he did get healthy, scratched a bit, but that was in New Jersey. And towards the end of his run with New Jersey, he was starting to look a lot more smooth, a lot more fluid, And this could be an underrated, sneaky, good pickup for the Ducks slash goals. And I would expect that he would make some noise in training camp this season and talking with frequent guest John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. Uh, He also agrees with me. He also thinks that Colton White is a guy to watch out for in training camp. So those are three names so far. Glenn Gaudin, Austin Strand, and Colton White. But Colton White, watch out for all right, we're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. 
So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, which is on the All-Star break right now. Your boy's going to that. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting and scores and esports. And it is your best spot also for podcasts and news. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And for those of you that watched the Open Championship this past weekend, how many of you saw that comeback coming? If you put some money on a huge comeback on the Open Championship, you made a bit of money. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, including the Home Run Derby. And the All-Star Game. Bet Online is where the game starts. And Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. So I have a couple more signings that I do want to talk about in this segment. And I already talked about Goddamn Strand and White. And... I want to start off by welcoming back a former goal with wide open arms. My goal's friends were excited about this signing because guess who's back? Chase DeLeo. Sorry, La Mirada native Chase DeLeo is back in SoCal. You know, I'm going to do the same thing that Sarah Avampato used to do on Locked on Los Angeles Kings where she wouldn't say Trevor Moore. She would always say, Thousand Oaks native, Trevor Moore. Well, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing here because I loved pumping this guy's tires a lot because I I think a lot of this player, Chase DeLeo, sorry, I'm going to do it again. La Mirada native, Chase DeLeo, signed a minor league deal, a two-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks slash San Diego goals. You love to see it. Chase DeLeo last season had a monster breakout year. He averaged over a point a game with the Utica Comets, 56 points in 55 games. He was also a player of the week, if I recall correctly, last season. He was also the catalyst for last season's monster start in Utica. Remember when the Utica Comets had a 900 winning percentage in the first month of last season? And there was one guy that was leading the charge at the time, and that was Chase DeLeo. Of course, it helps that Chase DeLeo had a great connection with his coach, Kevin Deneen. Oh, does that name sound familiar to you, Ducks fans and Goals fans? It should, because Kevin Deneen was let go by the San Diego Goals, and that's out of the whole Joel Bouchard era, the short-lived Joel Bouchard era. So out went Deneen, and he said, you know what? I'm going to take one of my star players with me. So he brought Chase DeLeo to Utica, and look at the job that he did. His shooting game became much more lethal than it ever was in San Diego, and that is saying a lot, because I think Chase DeLeo was a terrific goal scorer in San Diego, and he's gotten better. He's finally averaging a point a game, and his style of play as far as his above average skating, as far as his great playmaking skills, especially the playmaking skills on the power play and on regular, I say transition play and power play is where he's best suited. And what I like most about him, his versatility 
He looks just as comfortable now on the right side than he does on the left side. He was exclusively a left wing in San Diego about three seasons ago, then went over to like a left wing center. They tried him at center. It went okay. It went a lot better this past season in Utica. And I think what they also tried out there in the double system is they put him at right wing sometimes. And he's become a much more versatile player. So Chase DeLeo, once again, a minor league deal. Hey, you know what? I could see him making the Ducks like 13th, 14th man. If he makes the Ducks roster, he could be healthy scratched a lot. But if he makes the goals, first line all the way. And he's going to make a big difference to a goals team that was frankly struggling at times to score last season. Especially the last month of the AHL season where the goals just could not find the back of the net. And having DeLeo back is going to pay dividends. Now, they did get DeLeo back. They didn't get his line mate back, who should have been the MVP, Andrew Podorowski. Podorowski is off in a different city now. It is what it is. All right. One more signing to get to. That's a minor league signing. And that is Justin Kirkland. And I am sorry, goals fans, but (laughs) I know some of you really really hated him this past season, but he's another one of those guys. You hated him on other teams. You might love him on your team. You might. Because he is a finisher. He scored 25 goals this past season, 48 points in 66 games, and overall a pest in front of the net. And kind of, I don't want to use any foul language here, but he was kind of a, mm, to other goaltenders. Yeah, he would instigate. He would get in their grill. He would say, yeah, F you guys. And, you know, watching from the press box sometimes, you can hear things. You can sometimes hear the players from upstairs. And Justin Kirkland was definitely one of the more vocal guys. And there was one instance during a rain goals game where you could clearly hear Justin Kirkland when there was a quiet moment in the crowd And he let out a slew of obscenities. And I kind of smirked a little bit as if to say, or it wasn't rain goals. It was goals versus heat. And you could hear him clear as day. I kind of look over. I kind of smirk. And I say, this guy's kind of a badass. (laughs) He really is. He's one of my favorite enemies, if that makes any sense. Because if he wants to fight someone, he will do it. If a goals player wanted to get up in his face and get into a fight, he'd happily oblige. He'd say, yeah, you want to dance? Let's dance. Let's go for it, man. And they'd get into it. And it was the best time ever. So I would expect more of the same. Kind of in the vein of a Justin Schultz. For those of you that remember him from four seasons ago. Justin Sulch, or Sergeant Schultz, as I call them sometimes, would just get in people's business. And I love that about him. So that is the Justin Kirkland (laughs) signing from Stockton. I can't believe he's going to be a San Diego goal. Justin Kirkland. Oh, man. A couple more things I want to touch on before heading into the final segment. And the Ducks did sign Pavel Mintikov to a three-year ELC over the weekend while I was out enjoying stuff at Dodger Stadium. Pavel Mintikov, 
three seasons, minimum value. But hey, you know what? That ELC will probably kick in in a couple of years. Of course, Mintikov is not going to make the NHL this season. If he does, it will be for nine games. He might get the Mason McTavish treatment, but he will be going back to the OHL this season. He might even go back to the OHL the following season as well because he is still that young. Last year in a terrible Saginaw Spirit team, he scored 62 points in 67 games, but he also carried that team. He carried that team on defense. Let me remind you of this. 62 points on defense for Saginaw. That's how good he was. One more item before we get to the break, and that is that we might be headed to arbitration, might, for one particular player, and that is Isaac Lundestrom, who is arbitration eligible. He might end up getting more than we originally thought, but if he gets... Two million, one and a half. I mean, whatever the amount is, I would like to keep him as an Anaheim Duck. And if it does go to arbitration, we won't find out the final details until probably August. So it could drag on a little bit unless they sign him right away. But Isaac Lundestrom, as of right now, is going through arbitration. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. And when we come back, I will talk briefly about Dallas Eakins, the man. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we finish talking about the deals and contracts the Ducks made, mostly minor league deals. And I want to finish this segment just talking about Dallas Eakins, the man. And that's because there was a video that went out last week. And this was kind of, I don't want to say it was a heartbreaking moment, but it was a heartwarming moment, as it were. And this took place in development camp. And just to remind you, development camp did take place over the weekend at Great Park Ice in Irvine. And if you happened to be there on Saturday, you saw scrimmage, looks pretty cool. All right, so Will Francis is someone that is a Ducks prospect right now, and he's been fighting leukemia. He's been fighting leukemia for the past two and a half years. Now, let me repeat that. He's been fighting leukemia for two and a half years. He's been going through chemotherapy, some of it very aggressive chemotherapy and he finally made it to ducks development camp this past week and his teammates all paid tribute but most of all dallas eakins paid tribute he paid massive tribute and he had some glowing things to say about will francis apparently he talked to him a bunch Uh, will francis got to ring the gong meaning his last round of chemotherapy took place (laughs) Just before, I don't know why I'm choking up here. Like, I kind of, wow. It's such a heartwarming story that if you see the video online, you will choke up a little bit and it'll make you want to cry. And I'm I'm just going to leave this in because having had folks in my life pass away from cancer, it, it hurts. And I say this all the time, cancer sucks. 
for him to go through two and a half years and to finally get that last treatment right before development camp and making it to dev camp. That says a lot about the player. And Dallas Eakins opened up and just gave a glowing tribute to him and really wanted to get behind this kid and try to bring him into as best an atmosphere as possible. And that's just one thing that I love about Dallas Eakins because, you know, whether you love him or hate him as a coach, that does not matter here. What matters is the emotional moments, those human moments, those times where you say, yeah, Coach Dallas Eakins did the right thing there and he's the man. And he was absolutely the man for giving him that warm welcome. And this is not the first time he's done something this thoughtful. He brings people into the pond. He actually gives out tickets to those that are going through a hard time, those in need, or those going through some kind of medical ailment. He does provide tickets. And he does this fairly often. One other thing that I just loved about Dallas Eakins, especially in his time in San Diego, is he would get behind projects and he would be a champion for guys around him. That's probably my favorite thing about Dallas Eakins, to be honest. And one story in particular that I remember tremendously took place a few years ago. And this this kind of touches on a sensitive topic, but I'm going to talk about it. The Humboldt Broncos bus crash that took the lives of several young athletes a few years ago. And Dallas Eakins was hit pretty hard. And he took immediate action upon hearing about the accident. Uh, the first thing he did was he took the staff and everybody around and he started saying, what can we do? What can we do to help out the Humboldt Broncos? And I still have this to this day. It was a day after. And they started making these ribbons. And Dallas Eakin said he wanted everybody to wear one of these. So this is actually the ribbon from San Diego. And he gave such a moving speech after the game where everybody could not help but applaud. And the reason he did that was because he had an anecdote to say about one of the assistant coaches for the Humboldt Broncos who was 20 minutes behind on the bus. And Coach Eakins was in constant contact with them. Um, it was the Broncos assistant, Chris Beaudry, who really made an impression on Dallas. They met as part of Dallas Eakins' Pass the Puck coaching fellowship in San Diego prior to even that season. So they had already met just a few months prior. And the connection they had, um, Beaudry and Eakins, they would talk on the phone pretty much every day after that because Apparently, he made that much of a difference and made that much of an impression. And Dallas Eakin said, you know what? You can call anytime. Anything you need. You have my number. 
And that's apparently what happened after the accident is one of the first people that Beaudry called was Dallas Eakins. And apparently Dallas Eakins' eyes welled up. Um, he definitely felt it in that moment. And I, I think that's what's beautiful about this sport is sometimes you just look past all of that and think about the human element of the game. I mean, he was right behind them. They narrowly missed being in an accident, which is unbelievable to me. And the connection that they had was just unbelievable. And Eakins even remembers the text. He got a text that night when everything happened. And all he said in the text was, quote, this is really, really bad. And this was right around the time when he took the ice against the rain. And I like this quote where Eakin said, it wasn't until after the game we realized how horrific, gut-wrenching, I can't even put words to it. The amount of pain they're going through is unimaginable. It's unbelievable. He had the task of identifying bodies. He's had to call parents. He is serving others in an amazing capacity in a way I'd never wish on anyone. And Eakins immediately went to work. He helped raise thousands of dollars from that game against Ontario. These were made that day. That same day the accident happened. I, I, it's just a memory that I will keep with me forever and why I will always respect Dallas Eakins, the man. All right. I just thought it was kind of a fitting story given the the leukemia story right now and i thought i kind of tied the two together but that's going to do it for today's podcast once again thank you all so much for listening thanks for watching thanks for your continued support it is greatly appreciated don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms including stitcher spotify odyssey apple Podcasts, google podcast you could reach me via email at locked on anaheim ducks at gmail.com i'm on twitter at stimpy jd the show's twitter is at lo underscore ducks Once again, thanks for making this your first listen of the day and make Locked on NHL your second listen of the day. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.